0: Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
3: Listening to Fox sports Radio.
4: You know, there's an old Chinese proverb, may you live in interesting times. And yes, we are. We are a society infatuated with sports. We go to games, we watch them on TV, and now more than ever, people even love to throw a shekel or two on the games they love so much. On that note, I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Tonight. We're going to focus on the NBA as free agency is here. I'll explain what it means, how it works, who are some of the big names you'll be hearing about. Already, we are off and running. In about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by local TV, Fox 5 sports anchor, Kevin Bollinger. We'll be talking about the possibility of the Oakland A's to Vegas. Now, I'm on record, and I've been on record as saying... I don't think it's going to happen. I never once believed the A's were coming here. And all of these machinations in the last year and a half and all the visits have been merely a leverage play so Oakland can get their best deal. We shall see what Kevin has to say about that. That and, of course, the usual Vegas fodder that we'll bring you. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience. As such, people, they want to talk about them. You've come to the right place tonight. We've got a lot to talk about. This is Straight out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in PJ Fleck, Minnesota, it's gonna be lit. Well, don't look now, but free agency arrived Thursday. It officially opened up. And as usual, we were you know going to be as it progresses, expecting of a, a flood of moves. Some would be free agent signing, some would be trades, some would be signing trades. And it's not really an eye-popping list of free agent, you know, lists of free agents we've seen in the past. But there's always potential for chaos. And right out of the gate, Kyrie Irving decides to opt in, and Kevin Durant says, I want out. The earth shook. Odds are moving all over the place. Uh, I was on with Aaron and and uh, Jason Martin uh, about 45 minutes ago, and we, we talked about the Suns, the preferred destination for Kevin Durant. They've gone from 9-1 to one down to 5-1 to one to win the NBA title, the Heat. Another possible destination, at least a wish list. They've gone from 16 to one down to eight to one. Meanwhile, the Nets, sinking like a anvil in a Bugs Bunny cartoon, they've gone from seven to one. Now they're 30 to one uh, to win the title, and even the Lakers are in the mix. And here's why: because all of a sudden, don't look now, LeBron James. You know how he's always said he would like to play with a Curry. Well, he meant Steph, but it could be Seth. Now, what? Here's what's happening. Apparently, and this is according to Chris Haynes of Yahoo. He said that the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets are currently, quote, actively engaged in discussions on a blockbuster trade that would center around swapping Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving. Now, before you drive your car off the road, the agreement's not close. There are a lot of hurdles. There are a lot of potential speed bumps. There is potential possible draft pick compensation So this is a very complicated situation, but there's actually some optimism that this could happen. It's not totally pie in the sky. And that's where Seth Curry comes in. According to Chris Haynes, what the Brooklyn Nets want the Lakers to do is take on the contract of Joe Harris. who's a very good three point shooter, but he's coming off ankle surgery and he's owed about $40 million over the next two seasons. And the Lakers are already in salary cap Hill, but The bottom line is joe harris in his prime he is in his prime he's the kind of shooter the lakers can use but again there's here's where it gets complicated there's some questions as to how effective he would be after he recovers from his injury now instead of joe harris the lakers want the nets to put seth curry in the trade you see curry's price tag is only eight and a half million for the upcoming season and that's a considerably more reasonable pill to swallow than it would be for Joe Harris's contract. Keep in mind, he Seth Curry may be Steph's younger brother. He was one of the best three point shooters this past season in the league, just under 43% in 64 games. And remember he played for two teams last year, the Nets and the Sixers. But when he got to Brooklyn, he had a much bigger role and Seth Curry actually shot almost 47% from behind the arc. Now, obviously The Lakers desperately need a shooter like that on their roster, and he would create space for LeBron and Anthony Anthony Davis, assuming Anthony Davis is going to play some games this year, and he's not making that much money by NBA standards. So sit tight, because the Lakers are deciding, wait, we we don't want to have another year like last year. And although it's a situation that's fluid, and it's a situation that's complicated, in theory, it could happen. See, the thing is, free agency can be confusing, and it's all over the place, and I thought tonight I'd give you just a little bit of clarity because you hear these terms like, for instance, what is free agency, all right? Now, the dictionary definition of free agency has to do with a player who's not bound by a contract, so he's eligible to join any team. That sounds pretty cut and dried, right? Because essentially, all players have contracts, and in a collective bargaining agreement, the NBA has limits on how long those contracts are allowed to last. Now, it wasn't always this way. I remember when I was an intern at the Forum, Magic Johnson as a player had a 25-year, 25, $25 million contract. The deal would have expired in 2009. It, it also would have grossly underpaid him as he got into the deal. But, you know, we don't need to go down that road tonight. Player deals can re, you know range from a minimum salary anywhere from around a $1 million to more than $2.8 million, depending on, the long, uh, depending on how long a player has been in the league. And projected maximum salaries for players with six years or more in the NBA, start at 25% of the salary cap, which is going to be projected about 30 million, 31 million this year. So bottom line is if you're if you're an NBA player and you've been in the league more than seven years, you know, look what Kyrie just got, 36.6 million. Uh some players will get north of 40, some will get near fifty. It's my understanding, I, I think, in the final year of Rudy Gobert's contract, or a, almost $60 million. So, obviously, this is what happens. When players have reached their tenure in the league and they are able to peddle their wares and they are not encumbered by the indentured servitude of playing for one team, they get to pay free agents. So, it began June 30th, Thursday, 6 p.m., and nothing is, you know, nothing is allowed to happen before that. You've got to wait. But you can continue to watch free agency. There's coverage all over the place. Now, let me let me give you some parameters. So you know, you may say to yourself, can anybody just sign with any team? Not necessarily. Teams can't just throw any amount of money they want at a bunch of available free agents and sign all of them because otherwise the Knicks and Lakers would have everybody or whatever, because the NBA has a soft salary cap. That means there's a limit teams can spend on players unless they're re-signing eligible players that are already on their roster. I believe that's commonly referred to as the Bird rule. In that case, teams can pay those players an amount of money that puts them over the soft cap. Now, eventually, there's a luxury tax that's far beyond the salary cap, and it exceeds its forces It forces teams to pay even more money as a penalty for already spending so much money. Now, free agency is also restricted from some players. Restricted free agency can be very confusing, very maddening, and outside of a couple of edge cases, first-round picks finishing their first rookie-scale contracts, they are going to be restricted free agents. So those initial rookie scale deals, well, they last up to the first four years of their career, and they're based on the value on which pick they were and where they were on the draft. So teams can then tender a qualifying offer to maintain these players' free agents' rights. See, this gets a little confusing, doesn't it? Now, can unrestricted free agents sign with anybody? Yes, but it depends on how much the team is willing to give them and how much of a potential pay cut they're willing to take if they want to play for a team that's over the cap, enter Kyrie Irving. Wouldn't that be ironic if he agreed to a veteran's (laughs) 6.3 million for next year? Well, he's turned down money before. He didn't want to get so He cost himself about $20 million. You can sign with any team that's willing to sign you, but not for any amount of money you want. It has to fit under the cap, right? Now, I've mentioned before, the minimums, the exceptions, the maximum contracts. They're all set to a percentage of the salary cap for the league. The salary cap is determined by whatever the basketball-related income is from the previous season. I believe the salary cap is going up this year. Now, you also hear the term sign and trade. People hear that all the time. I'm not sure they know what it means. It's pretty self-explanatory. Now, the rules that dictate how teams can sign players we've talked about. Now, they can be circumvented. If the team that the player is currently with, for instance, say like uh, Kyrie Irving, he's currently with with uh, Brooklyn, and he just opted in, he's getting thirty six point six million. But Brooklyn can work out a deal with another team in which they sign the contract for that free agent. Then, right, they trade him, and it's and it's an agreed upon deal. You get he you know he, he the player goes to his new team for compensation. Now again, it gets complicated. The player's new deal must fit under the available cap. For their new team, or they can be traded for other players that have basically the same contract. Example, that, hypothetically, all right. We already know that Jalen Brunson left for the Knicks, but he, let's say he wanted to leave the Ma- Mavericks for the Knicks, which he did. Let's say the Knicks, hypothetically, they could not they could not have created the cap room necessary to acquire all of Brunson's desired new starting salary, so. They would have to, you know, because the Knicks gave Evan Fournier a four-year deal for seventeen million a season last summer. However, you can orchestrate a sign and trade. That way Brunson joins the Knicks with players or draft compensation headed back to Dallas. So the money going out creates the requisite room for Brunson's new salary coming in. All right. Who are some of the big free agents? Restricted, and unrestricted? You're gonna hear about Bradley Beal. Now he already signed with the Washington Wizards. That doesn't mean he won't be traded. Zach Levine, he got his money. Jalen Brunson on his way to the Knicks. Chris Boucher, the Toronto Raptors. Kyle Anderson in Memphis. Bruce Brown, DeAndre Ayton, Miles Bridges. By the way, Miles Bridges, not a good look the other day. You're getting ready to get a big deal, and and that happens. Oh, goodness gracious. Not good. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, I believe he just ended up with uh, Golden State. So, again... You're going to see all these players switch teams, get new contracts, be involved in signing trades. Some will be free agents. Put on your seatbelt because you're going to need a program to follow this. As is the case, the NBA is very active, and the money is flying, and the league's healthy. And I believe even though there aren't a lot of really big-time named free agents this year, I think you're going to see a lot of activity. Coming up, speaking of activity, I've been on record as saying I do not believe the Oakland A's are coming to Las Vegas. There was a vote Thursday. I intended to have Kevin Bollinger on last week, had a schedule conflict. We've got him on tonight, and since then they've had the vote up in the Bay Area. So we'll chop it up with Kevin Bollinger. Are the A's coming to Las Vegas? We'll have a roundtable discussion about that coming up. I'm Bernie Frato coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight of Vegas. we're right, back on straight out of vegas the pregame show you always wanted i'm bernie fratto coming to you live from the las vegas fox sports radio studios at this time let's welcome in a good friend of mine he's the sports director at our local fox tv affiliate here in las vegas is in addition to being an anchor say hello to kevin bollinger joining us live from ufc 276 kevin how are you
6: doing great bernie a fantastic night at ufc and uh Another another great
4: weekend of sports in Vegas. Yeah, and you would know, boy. You're uh, I think there's like three of you, Kevin, because I see you everywhere. All <laughs> it's, right.
6: Uh, it's never dull.
4: Never dull. though. you got that right. So we've talked a lot about this, and I know uh, you had a, a schedule issue last week, and the reason I wanted to have you on last week was prior to the vote that took place in Oakland this week, the San Francisco Bay Conservation and Development Commission voted Thursday 23-2 to move the project forward as it were. Now, there's a long way to go. All right, so I have to take my medicine. Now, I have been saying all along, I do not believe the A's are coming to Vegas. I believe this is leverage play. You might have a different perspective. First, let's start. Give me your take and your reaction on the the, the, the result of the
2: vote. Uh,
6: That was an expected vote. Uh, The staff, which made the recommendation... Uh, a couple of months ago to pass this. Basically, what the vote that happened on Thursday was for the removal of the port designation and the Howard Terminal area, which is where they want to build the stadium, and that allows them to do the redevelopment project. So it does not give them, uh, in terms of, of, you know, permits and all the other stuff uh, that goes into more deeper detail will be a bigger fight. That will come down the line. This was just to remove the port designation it was an important vote because if the commission denied it that project was pretty much dead in the water and they would have nowhere to go in oakland and it would basically open the door for las vegas now the project in oakland continues as ace president dave cavill likes to say uh, on parallel paths with las vegas but uh, a lot of hurdles still to go in the bay area uh, for them to get a deal done but uh, that's certainly still alive up there in in the bay area
4: Kevin Bollinger joining us. Excellent open, Kevin, because it's it's wise that you make that distinction. All this vote did r- was remove the port priority use designation. So now it opens the door for what could be the Howard Terminal, which is a $12 billion uh, ballpark project with, with all kinds of developments and condos and commercial real estate and, and entertainment. All right, let's stay in Oakland because you mentioned the ace president, Dave Caval. And he once said that the city promised to pay for a lot of the off-site related infrastructure and the team is still awaiting word on how the city will pay for those improvements. I see that as a potential sticking point. What can you tell us about that?
6: Well, and that's why there's going to be so many hurdles because at this point, you still have the A's and the City of Oakland officials that are far apart in terms of getting to some type of an agreement in terms of what they're going to do there and the Oakland City Council is meeting this Tuesday, July 5th, and they're actually going to discuss potentially putting this on the ballot in November to get a feel for what the public thinks about it. Now, that vote would not be binding. It's just more of a reference point for the city council in terms of going forward. The A's don't want that to happen because it's going to slow the process down considerably because conceivably if they do put it on the November ballot, the city council is not going to do a whole lot of work in terms of negotiating with the A until they find out the results of that vote. So that's going to slow things down considerably, especially because Dave Cavill said he would like to have a decision on where they're going to build the stadium done by the end of this calendar year. And if they go to a vote in November, it's certainly not going to get to that point.
4: You bring up another excellent point, Kevin, because what that would do is kick the can down the road uh, as 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 it were and Libby Schaff, who has been a real proponent for keeping the A's in Oakland will be out of office at the end of the year how problematic could that be for the Oakland A's staying in Oakland if this goes to a public referendum
6: it'd be very problematic because then you're essentially starting all over again with a lot of new stakeholders in terms of the elected officials in the Bay Area and that again slows the process down remember The A's lease in Oakland is up at the end of the 2024 season. So they are trying to find a situation where they can open a ballpark in the spring of 2025. If this thing bleeds late into 2023, they're not going to have time to get the construction done. And that's why the A's want to get some type of an idea that they're going to get this thing done before the election in November if they're going to come to an agreement in Oakland because they they don't want to deal – with a a new city council, or at least some of the city council members being new. uh, It's just going to really bog the process down, which is why I think that Las Vegas is still very much in play because of the political hurdles, not to mention uh, the lawsuits that have been filed by some various groups up in the Bay Area that could uh, slow this down from the legal standpoint as well. All
4: right, you're spot on on your chronology. If that were to come to pass, uh, I still think Olkin could extend their – Lease one more year 2025 if they stayed there. So let's flip down to Vegas. And this is where I truly believe it flies in the ointment. We hear a lot of speculation. We hear a lot of vague obtuse comp- uh, comments on how Vegas can get very creative and assist with subsidizing the new stadium and a couple of potential areas, but no one will speak specific. So let's start with the potential land and location for the stadium. What specifically do you believe or where specifically do you believe are potential stadium locations here in Las Vegas?
6: Well, the A's say that they've narrowed it down to two sides. They have not announced those publicly. They did say that they are either on the Strip or Strip adjacent. We do know from a slippage from, uh, from the, the business side of things of the Tropicana Hotel, uh, some type of an earnings type of call, that somebody with their organization talked about the A's stadium a couple of months ago which has led to a lot of speculation that the Tropicana Hotel site, which is right there on the corner of Las Vegas Boulevard and Tropicana, is in play for that potential stadium. Uh, the A's have not confirmed that, and they have not said what the other site is. But uh, they do have, have been steadfast all along that they want to be somewhere near the strip because they know for uh, it's a really work financially. They want to have something similar to the Raiders, where people can come in from out of town, stay on the strip, and easily get to the field to go to the ball game for a game or a complete series.
4: And what you just described for folks who aren't familiar with Vegas would be kitty-corner to where T-Mobile Arena is and where the Golden Knights play and, frankly, a stone's throw from Russell in Las Vegas Boulevard where the Raiders' stadium is. But, see, the key word there is speculation. This is where I threw a flag. I'm not believing any of this is anywhere near... Reality. And let's also flip to the most important elephant in the room, Kevin, and who the hell is going to pay for this? In spite of the incredible success of Legion Stadium, as you know, it was a political football, and there are still some people not happy that those dollars could have gone to roads and schools. What are your thoughts? How much is Vegas willing to subside, uh, provide subsidy, which I don't think is very much, and where would that come from?
6: Well, when you talked about people not talking specifics, the, the person that kind of floated out that there are ways to get things done was uh, somebody from the LBCBA, the Visitors and Convention Authority. Uh, so I don't think we're talking about a hotel tax, which is what the Raiders use for the $750 million of public money. And we're talking something much smaller th- than that uh, in terms of a billion-dollar stadium that the A's would look to build. In terms of, of who's going to foot the bill, I would still think that it's more of a public-private partnership, and that could come in the form of the land deal. And also consider the New York Post report here from a couple of weeks ago that said that Major League Baseball would consider waiving the relocation fee, yes, which was no, normally be hundreds of millions of dollars. One billion dollars. they're willing to do that then if they're willing to, to waive that amount of money, that's money that they thought they were going to have to pay in a possible relocation that could help fund a stadium as well.
4: Excellent point, Kevin. That could be a game-changer. Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred said he 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 will waive the $1 billion relocation fee, so why can't the A's just use that money to pay for their own stadium?
6: And I think that's going to be the argument from here. I think that there will still be – some type of a push by the A's to get some type of public money. There's not an appetite for that right now. The state legislature and the Clark County Commission here in Las Vegas have both publicly been uh, very loud in saying that we're not going to give public money. But when you have the LBCBA, which is an extremely powerful organization uh, in the city with the Visitor's Convention Authority saying that there are, are ways to possibly get something done in some fashion, it makes you think that maybe they're going to try and get creative uh, to to at least sweeten the pot a little bit if they need to, to get a deal done.
4: Kevin, great stuff. Get some rest, buddy. I know you're busy. We'll have you on again down the road as this story continues to advance. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Bernie. Thanks, Kevin. That's Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5 TV sports anchor for the record. I'm I'm predicting, I'm saying, I do not believe the A's will, will end up in Vegas. We're very far down the road, and I can juxtapose our timeline and chronology when the Vegas Golden Knights were born, and that was announced in June of 2016. Uh, well before that, the T-Mobile Arena was underway. Same with the Legion Stadium and the Raiders. This is just isn't the same. So I'll continue to cover it. You know where I stand. We'll see if I'm right. We'll see if I'm wrong. Coming up, Kevin Durant decides he wants out. That has created a real residual effect in the betting markets
7: we will discuss next. But first... Let's go to Brian Finney with the latest. Okay, thanks Bernie. So let's dive right into Major League Baseball where the Dodgers school the Padres 7-2 and L.A. has won 14 out of the last 15 meetings against San Diego. The Yankees sweep a doubleheader against the Guardians. The Rays win two versus the Blue Jays. The Braves get it done against the Reds 4-1 to as Atlanta starting pitcher Spencer Strider allowed one hit over six innings matching his career high of 11 strikeouts. The Astros went yard five times as they bamboozled the Angels 9-1. to The Cardinals went back to back to back to back. Four straight home runs and they barely beat the Phillies 7-6 to six the final. UFC 276 Israel Adesanya beating Jared Kenier by unanimous decision to remain middleweight champ and Donald Cowboy Cerrone earlier in the event was beaten down by a submission losing to Jim Miller and Cerrone said he he's going to retire and he did afterwards quote i don't love it anymore i'm going to be a movie star baby close quote Falcon zion williamson agrees to a max rookie extension it's five years for 193 million dollars incentives can take it up to 230 231 million 231 million dollars so you see the added money there as far as golf the john deere classic through three rounds jt poston is your leader minus 19 three shot lead at 67 on saturday and brandon grace wins the live tour event in portland and that was the 54 hole event 48 man field dustin johnson finished four shots back and phil mickelson finished plus 10 tied for 40th he still took home over $100,000. dollars let's get it back to bernie fratto all right thanks brian
4: all right, let's bring you back out to Vegas. Uh, McKenzie Rivers, Mackinac Sports, obviously. Free agency emerges Thursday in the NBA right out of the gate. Kyrie opts in. KD says, I want out. It has certainly created a residual effect in the betting markets in the NBA, McKenzie.
8: Yes, it kind of puts into perspective the pecking order of who matters in the NBA. You mentioned Kyrie Irving opts in. Well, yes, the market was had some tentative uh, feelings about that. The Nets were nine to one when we weren't sure if they were getting Kyrie back. He opts in. He says uh, he doesn't actually tell the Nets personally that he'll be back, but he gets it out there through shams and other <laughs> other voices. Hey, I'll be I'll be there in the fall. Okay. Well, the next day they go from nine to one to eight to one. That's Kyrie Irving's effect. Then Kevin Durant comes into the picture and says, "I am not going to be there next year," and they go from eight to one to thirty-five to one. There's been some big moves so far at NBA free agency. The Hawks added an All Star. They went from sixty-five to one to forty to one after Dejounte Murray came on board. The Minnesota Timberwolves shocked a lot of people, adding five, or trading away five first-round picks for three-time Defensive play Rudy Gobert. They go from sixty-five to one to thirty to one all of those moves pale in comparison to what the nets lost their downgrade again going from 8 to 1 to 35 to 1 after he announced out and what's more interesting to me the tentative upgrades to the teams that kevin durant might go to those have been the suns the heat and the lakers and the celtics have been upgraded more by the chance of getting another all-star than the hawks and the timberwolves have despite the fact they've actually landed their guy
4: yeah, and I think he, from a fan standpoint, I'd like to see him go to the Suns. I think you pair him up with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and they they might give the Golden State Warriors a run. They're down to 5-1. to one. Uh, What's interesting is now this talk about Kyrie ending up in Los Angeles, the Lakers are down to 10-1. to one. Do you believe that's what's driving it, the fact that Kyrie yeah. could end up with LeBron again?
8: Yes, 100%. And some offshore, faraway places have odds on where Kyrie will go. Well, he might have to stay in Brooklyn, but if he leaves, Offshore markets say he is more than likely, 65% more than likely, to end up in LA. That's why we saw a week ago. Kyrie opts in. Okay, they're 20 to 1, 25 to 1. What are they gonna do with Westbrook? Right now, they're right in the mix, right behind the big five, you know, right after the guys like the Celtics and the Suns are the LA Lakers. And it's not because they have what they were supposed to have at the beginning of this offseason. No, they've got about half the payout. It's because Kyrie uh, about 50, 50% of the time, according to the odds, will be in L.A.
4: And from what I'm seeing, they're already talking about it. The key is is the Lakers want Seth Curry, and the Nets want to un- un- unload uh, Joe Harris's salary. So we'll see. I, I, it's, there's a lot of uh, moving parts there, but it, it could still happen. You mentioned offshore books and faraway places. Where are some of the landing spots you've got uh, KD ending up if it's not
8: Phoenix. KD ending up in Phoenix is about a 50-50 scenario, a little bit uh-huh. less than that, about plus 100. But this is what's so exciting. These why the odds are so fraught, so day-to-day. You mentioned the Suns, plus 500. The Celtics jumped up to plus 500 when there was a report by S, by uh, Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated that they were thinking about KD. So, just day-to-day, these odds might change. But generally, if you look at the offshore books, the Heat would be second favorite to land KD at 3-1. to one. The Clippers at six to one are in the mix, and also are the Warriors. Believe it or not, at oh. twenty to one for a, a reunion of sorts. But it really seems like the the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat are the most likely. But hey. Here's the thing about these odds. They don't list the field. They don't list every possible scenario. So often the times you are going to be scooped. If he ends up going to the Mavericks, one of these places that are not even listed right now, then the offshore book gets to keep all the money. So be careful with these offshore book odds.
4: That's right. Uh, one final thing. We haven't talked about Rudy Gobert to the T-Wolves. What has it done to their betting odds?
8: Yeah, so they were 65 to 1. They got their payout more than cut in half. Huge upgrade. to Here's the thing if I'm a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. Yes, that sounds like a significant upgrade, and it is. But if you look at the larger picture, you look at the big picture, they went from the ninth best odds in the West to the eighth best odds in the West. So despite trading their entire future, half a decade of picks, five future first-rounders, they're still on the outside looking in. Okay, that might be distressing, but if you look at, again, the bigger picture, the Timberwolves have finished in the top four in the West one time. In franchise history, starting in 1996. So, hey, if I'm Tim Connolly and I have a five-year contract, why not go all-in to be a playoff contender, a perennial playoff contender? It's a, it's a place where the franchise has never been. So, if some other franchises may say, we want to hold on to our future a little bit more. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Timberwolves to say, hey, we're better than we've ever been You know, on paper. Why not try to make a conference final and do something the, the franchise has never been before?
4: All right, good stuff, McKenzie. As always, uh, everything in the world of sports has an angle to affecting the betting market. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Bernie. Looking forward to it, my man. All right, thanks, McKenzie. Uh, by, by the way, the Minnesota Timberwolves really do have a lot of talent on paper. I really like Carl Anthony Towns. I love Anthony Edwards, and you add Rudy Gobert to that mix. They're top-five team in the West. The West is really loaded. You heard me last week saying I still think the – Golden State Warriors are favorites to repeat. I'm not buying the Lakers. I don't care if Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul Jabbar come out of retirement. I'm just not buying the Lakers. I think they're a hot mess. I don't care who they get. Uh, But there are, you know, Dallas is for real. Phoenix is for real. Uh, I, I think the West is really jammed in. I'd love to see a Minnesota come out of left field. And by the way, I haven't even mentioned Memphis. So, uh, hey, the NBA, I think, is entering a real renaissance. I'm really enjoying the heck out of this. We talked earlier about the free agency. Let's see where this all shakes out before you know it. The season will be here again, and I'll be covering the, uh, the uh, NBA Summer League, which commences here in Las Vegas next Thursday, July 7th. Coming up, the bettors are pounding Charles Barkley, but they're fading Aaron Judge. I'll explain. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. Don't go away. You're listening to Straight Outta Vegas. Straight
0: out of Vegas!
4: One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports
0: talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: Bernie Fratt coming come to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. Brian Finley on the updates. Ricky Herrera in tonight, as well as Chris Perfett, Turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. They'll be with me all the way until 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Until I get to the Barkley betting and the Aaron Judge prop. A couple of bits of business. You know, even though the Oakland A's... Uh, they're struggling, and they conducted another fire sale this past spring training. Believe it or not, in this millennium, they've been one of Major League Baseball's most successful teams based on playoff appearances. The Oakland A's have been in the postseason since 2000 11 times. There are only four teams that have been in the playoffs more than the Oakland A's. The Dodgers, 13 appearances. The Braves, 13 13 appearances, the St. Louis Cardinals, 15, and the New York Yankees with 18. Not a bad performance for a team that seems to be without a home if you get my drift. Again, I still think they're staying in Oakland. We shall see what happens. By the way, <clears throat> another bit of business I want to clear up, obviously, and I'm going to get to this more in depth later on tonight in the show. The USC-UCLA moved to the Big Ten, uh, is fairly earth shattering for the simple reason that the next big ten network t v contract will probably be in the neighborhood of one billion dollars with the B that means all member schools in the Big Ten are most likely going to receive in the neighborhood of about a hundred million dollars to their coffers annually. You see the big Ten network they 've been ingenious, going back fifteen years and even longer. And some might ask, why did they pick up Maryland? Well, Maryland gave the Big Ten a Washington, D.C. TV network or TV market. Why did they pick up Rutgers? By the way, whose football program is improving. That gives the Big Ten a New York TV market. And lest we forget, the Big Ten has more alums living across the country than any other conference. Of the 72 games last year that drew an audience of more than 4 million people in college football, over half were from the Big Ten alone. The Ohio State-Michigan game drew 16 million. The Michigan-Michigan State game drew almost 10 million. You get the picture. People watch Big Ten football, and people live everywhere. And this contract, you'll probably see ESPN, CBS, NBC, ABC, even Amazon throw their uh, you know throw their hat into the ring. It's going to be incredible, and not for nothing. Kevin Delaney, Jim, check that Jim Delaney, the commissioner of the Big Ten it's something very clever when he renegotiated their contract in 2017 rather than take a 10-year deal which they were the Big 10 network was coming off a 10-year deal from 2007 to 2017 he opted to only accept a 6-year deal why because the Big 10 network's contract expires a year before the ACC's it expires a year before the Pac-12's and 2 years before the Big 12 so guess what Now with an L.A. market, a New York market, a Washington D.C. market, a national brand like USC with Lincoln Riley there now, even though they haven't been relevant in a long time, I expect that to change. They've got themselves something incredible here. You know, buckle your seatbelts. College football will never be the same again. And frankly, there's a sea change about every 20 years. Let's face it. 20 years ago, there was no playoff. Now the playoff is all the rage. There was the BCS. It was born. It was better than nothing. Now it seems you know fairly antiquated. Twenty twenty years before that, there was no the cable TV. There was no ESPN in 1979, Well there was ESPN in 79, but they didn't do college football then. Twenty years before that, 1960, there wasn't basically no TV at all. Look, we're evolving. It's I, I get that the regionality and the traditional aspect of college football is going out the window and, and, and it's a it's a little bit of a pill to swallow. I'm struggling a little bit with uh, the geographic aspect of USC or UCLA playing a conference where most of their competitors are in the eastern time zone. But, you know, time marches on. And I'm sure Bo Schembechler is spinning in his grave, but for $100 million a year, these schools are going to look the other way. That's just the way it works. All right. Why are people betting against Aaron Judge? Well, there's a new prop bet in Vegas. As you probably would agree, still to this day, The most hallowed number in all of sports is 61. I just mentioned 61, and you automatically know what I'm talking about. It's the number of home runs Roger Maris hit in 1961. He hit 61 home runs, surpassing Babe Ruth's record, which it held for 34 years, of 60. He did it in pinstripes. Well, Aaron Judge is going bananas. Now there's a prop bet. Will Aaron Judge hit over 61 home runs? Or will he hit under 61.5 home runs? So either land on 61 or get to 62. The pros are actually betting the under. The line right now is minus 450, which means if you bet that Aaron Judge will hit under 61.5 home runs this year, you will lay $450 to win 100. He's a prohibitive favorite not to do it. There's all kinds of reasons why. I think it's probably a pretty shrewd bet. I'm not going to bore you with that right now. But if you believe Judge will keep going and he's on the contract drive and he's proven out of the gate that betting on himself so far could be very profitable and you believe he'll hit over 61.5 home runs, a $100 wager will bring back $360. All right, Charles Barkley. Now, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Barkley every year at the American Century Championship Celebrity Golf Tournament in Lake Tahoe, which is really, really a cool event. It's at the Edgewood, the Edgewood Tahoe Course near the state line. Um, lots of big-time celebrities in this tournament. Uh, Steph Curry, by the way, who's, who's a very good golfer, he he has a shot to win this thing. He's 12-1. to 1. Um, Former pro golfer Annika Sorenstam, she's about 8.5-1. You know, Green Bay Packers, uh, their QB, uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's 85-1. to one. Derek Carr is actually 500-1. to one. But lots of big names, including Charles Barkley. Well, Caesar Sportsbook posted a prop bet that Barkley will finish in the top 70 next week at the American Century Tournament. And after opening 5-1, to one, the yes side has seen enough money to lower the odds to plus 280 as of last Thursday. Now, you, I remind you that Barkley last year... Finished tied for 76th after being listed at 15 to 1 by Caesars to finish in the top 70. Remember, Barkley bet hundred grand on himself, but he couldn't do it, so they refunded it. And if you think Barkley could win the whole thing, $100 will bring you back 75000 He's a 7500 to 1 long shot to win the tournament. There are a total of 93 entrants in the event, and they use a stable for its scorings format. So keep an eye on that. Should be fun to watch. Great tournament. All right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. But keep it locked right here. Next up, stay with us. I'm Bernie Fraddle. Welcome to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio.
8: Straight Out of Vegas! At Bed
0: 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: Carol G. Juan Gabriel Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama?
1: Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the
3: iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s,